Dear Diary, Lunar New Year is coming up. It's the year of the ox, which denotes the hard work, positivity, and honesty that will be manifested. Cue in my gratitude journal to note how grateful I am already to the year ahead. I look forward to family time, our huge dinner feast, red pockets, and other usual customs. But since we're still under lockdown, I expect the gatherings to be small and time will be spent at home. I'll most likely FaceTime and Zoom call my extended family. Always such a delight seeing them so happy during this time of year, even if it's just virtually. Speaking of which, I have been enjoying seeing my social feeds filled with Lunar New Year content. I suppose it's a nice replacement for physical viewing in malls, but it's also been interesting seeing a plethora of Lunar New Year limited edition goods being sold by companies that never seem to care about Asian representation. So I can't help but think, are these limited edition goods worth buying? Anyhow, I'm excited for Lunar New Year. It's just around the corner. Welcome to Diary of an Asian Millennial, a podcast spilling secrets from the average Asian millennial. My name is Lou. I'm Leigh. And I'm Linda. We made it to episode three. Yay! Yay! So for this episode, we wanted to pay homage to a traditional holiday that we celebrate year after year, Lunar New Year. Now, Lunar New Year is widely known to be celebrated in countries like China, Hong Kong, Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan, Vietnam. Though less widely known is that it's celebrated under the lunar solar calendar, which is based on cycles of the moon and typically falls on the second new moon of the, after the winter solstice. The difference between a solar year, which is what Westerners are, or most of the world is familiar with, is uh, the time that it takes Earth to orbit the sun and lasts about 365 days. Uh, on the other hand, a lunar year calculates 12 full cycles of the moon and lasts around 354 days. Now, here's where it gets a little complicated. A month is defined by the moon in the lunar calendar, but an extra month is added periodically uh, to stay close to the solar year. Now, the reason being is that this is why the New Year holiday falls on a different day every year. Lunar New Year is considered a very important day reserved to ring in the new year with festivities uh, that vary by country and even culture. Depending on the country, the celebration can go for as long as one to up to 15 days. The celebration comprises of parties and feasts, exchange of money and gifts, and of course, fireworks. So this year is the lunar year falls on February 12th, and it's the year of the ox. It's so interesting because last year it was January 25 or something like that, or earlier. But now I get it. It's because it follows... 12 full cycles of the moon and an extra month is added so yeah i don't know how um they do the math on that but it works and you know still a good chunk of the population still following this calendar including my parents um but it makes so much sense i never knew that this was the case i asked them before i was like how come like the days are always different i they know. Just never gave me a straight answer and we're behind by like 10 11 days apparently I'm like, do you think our parents actually even know the history behind this? Like what we just read, (laughs) right? I honestly was this day years old when I learned all of this. (laughs) Maybe we can share with our parents. Yeah, see how they react to that. Mm -hmm. So now that it's the ox year, and for us, Linda and Lou, we are year of the rooster, Mm -hmm. and Lay is a goat. Yeah, Um, I'm a goat. Greatest of all time. (laughs) 
Um, so I did a little digging in terms of like what our predictions are for this year. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess, um, should I start with the good or should I start with the not so good? Maybe not so good? No, start with the good. Okay. Okay, it's up to you, Lou. You are our fortune teller for the day. Okay, well, we'll start with um, a little bit of the good. So for the roosters this year, uh, we are very, very lucky. Actually, um, oh. things are looking good. Mm-hmm. Relationship-wise, money-wise, things should be looking good for us this year. Yeah, I should preface this by saying that I didn't, you know, just make this up because we're roosters and therefore I'm going to give myself <laughs> a good fortune. <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I did some little YouTube digging and uh, asked my dad to kindly translate the fortune teller um, and the predictions. So that's kind of what where we are. We're actually pretty good. Mm. So we don't have anything to worry about. Yeah, so I mean, if we're so lucky this year, we should probably buy some lottery tickets, you know? <laughs> you know? Please yes. <laughs> don't forget me when you win. <laughs> I won't. But we should be very thankful for that because this year for the goats, uh, not so great year. I'm sorry to break it to you. No! Uh, well, okay, I don't want to say that it's not so lucky, but it's just a little, a little rocky. Your road will be a little bit oh. rocky this year for goats. Oh. Uh, you're going to have a lot of ups but also maybe a lot of downs. So just be careful where you're going. That's all. I read somewhere that the goat is very incompatible with the ox. So maybe that's why I've got a lot of rough patches up ahead. Yeah, that's okay. You'll get over, you'll get through 2021 and uh, into 22 with smooth sailing. Fingers crossed. Yeah, just be careful. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just happy that at least I'm not dating an ox. (laughs) Dating? Dating a rabbit? Oh, okay. (laughs) And that's compatible? Apparently. Okay. (laughs) So you're saying that you wouldn't date anyone that is not sign, like, compatible with your sign? That's exactly what I'm saying. Mm. But do we actually believe, like, how how much do we all believe in this? I wholeheartedly. Me? uh, Not so much. But I mean, since this is our year anyway, like, if we have a good reading, then, you know. (laughs) Yeah, just only listen to the good stuff, ignore all the bad stuff. Yeah. Speaking of readings, Mercury's in retrograde tonight. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? It's just something that people oh, say all the time. Oh. <laughs> just to like explain why they're grumpy and not in a good mood. Really? I think that's why. Yeah. That's why I'm always so grumpy, honestly. I had a really kind of crappy day today. Oh. I, well, I made that yeah. up. I don't know if Mercury's actually in retrograde. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to make your day a lot better now, Linda. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So what are you guys doing for New Year's this year? Um, well, for this year, I'll be celebrating Thut, which is Lunar New Year's in Vietnamese, at home with Linda mm-hmm. and our parents and yep. our dogs. Yep. Uh, we'll just be carrying out the usual traditions, burning incense, laying plates of food near a window because we don't have an altar. Um, I think the closest thing we probably have is like a small statue of Buddha. I think, yeah, it's statue of Buddha and also like a... A, like a longer figure, like Buddha's a more heavier, um, heavier person. Yeah, this is more of like a, a slimmer person. I have, I think, the same deity as well on my altar. Yeah, like slimmer, female looking. Yeah. I wonder what she's called. I'm curious. Or now. he? Or he? Oh, uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but I know how to say it in Chinese. What is it? Guanyam oh. is how you say it in Cantonese, oh. but I don't know how you know, what it translated in English. Do you know what she represents? Good question. I don't know. But good stuff, I, I'm sure. Good stuff, yeah. <laughs> yes. We're um, not very good Buddhists. <laughs> yeah, we're not. <laughs> yeah, so, so Buddha and the slimmer looking figure is just kind of sitting there on top of the standing cabinet 
But in previous years, though, not every year, we would go to the temple, just like one in the city, and we would bring food offerings and we'll place it before an altar. And then we'll pray before like five statues. And then if we're up for it, we will chime in with the chantings or recitations or just about any other traditions going on that day at the temple. Yeah. And we also gather around and give out red pockets too as well. At home, not at the temple. (laughs) Yes. Oh, I mean, yes, at home. (laughs) At the temples, there are these um, red envelopes too that are hung up on these holy trees at the temple. And these trees have like these really nice, pretty yellow flowers, um, which are representative of like Lunar New Year and kind of like the beginning of springtime. And we would pick red envelopes. And I'm not sure how, like there's usually like not a lot of money in it. Maybe like like a dollar or something. Yeah, like just good luck money. Mm -hmm. But it makes me wonder too, like, because I know a lot of people say that only red pockets should be given to those who are unmarried. But I also see like everyone kind of like rushing picking the that tree. tree. Yeah, picking it out. But so I, I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, you have to be uh, married to be able to give out the red envelopes mm-hmm. uh, and like they're therefore single to be able to receive the envelopes. So, so it sucks for those who are married. <laughs> yeah, just stay single you gotta forever. Give money. <laughs> and for us, uh, when we have New Year's, it's pretty much what you guys have. We have the food and we spend the whole day blessing the house and putting incense and we put tangerines around the house, well, just by the doorways to bring good luck. Do you spend like, um, is it, I know a lot of people say that they spend like, I don't know, like up to like 15 days. Oh yeah, we definitely, well, we don't spend 15 days. That's quite a, quite the celebration, but uh, we do three days. So it's the day before New Year's, day of New Year's and the day after New Year's. Mm, I see. For us, like I, I've only ever spent Lunar New Year's in Canada. And from what we've done, is only, it's only been a year. I mean, sorry, it's only one day thing. <laughs> Not a year, guys. <laughs> it's just a, a one day thing. Kind of like with your birthday, it's like a huge celebration. But like the next day, it's just another regular day. And, and I remember when I used to live in Vancouver and I used to live in a pretty Asian dance community. And we actually got a day off for Lunar New Year's. Yeah, wow. Wow. And we actually even days before Lunar New Year, we would like gather, have an assembly in the gymnasium and do arts and crafts, like Lunar New Year's arts and crafts and even have lion dances. Yeah, that was super fun. Lion dances. Oh yeah, those are really cool. I love watching them. I'm always in in awe in terms of how they like do their jumping and the dancing because I could never do that. I would hurt myself so (laughs) much. And they're so skilled with the uh, drums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really, yeah. Um, one of my, my cousin's kids in Australia, like he went, well, at the time was probably only like four or five years old, but he's really good at like doing the beat to the drum. My goodness, probably could just do that as his career, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of foods do you eat during Lunar New Year? We generally have uh, steamed chicken with kind of like the ginger, onion, and oil type of sauce. We come sometimes and we have shrimp, uh, the Chinese broccoli. Though I'm not a fan of Chinese broccoli. It's a little bit hard and bitter for me. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes we have roasted pork, steamed fish. If we really feel fancy, we'll have some lobster. And then there's also like vermicelli and veggie dish. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have like um, like cakes, but they're not really cakes because they're not really sweet. But when you translate it from Cantonese, it sounds like cake. But uh, like it's... um. Uh, Chinese like the daikon turnip radish vegetable looking those are good yeah but there's a cake with made from the 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 daikon daikon radish 
with some Chinese sausage and dried uh, shrimp. Oh. Um, so, and so then, it's like a so it's like a savory dish. Yes, it's definitely oh, okay. a savory dish. Yeah, I think I have the equivalent for like taro or edo. I think. Mm, oh gosh, mm-hmm. I should really catch up on my vegetables. But yeah, those are the types <laughs> of special cakes. Uh, when you guys have food at the table, uh, like, is there a particular way that you guys kind of lay it out, or you just kind of? I think for us, like, well, for what I've seen, um, is that we put exactly. Doesn't matter how many people are sitting at the table. Um, we would always have exactly six cups of tea hmm. on the table. And uh, there's going to be like a, a little cup of like um, uncooked rice. And then we put the incense stick there. All these years, I don't really know why we did that, but I, it's ex- always exactly six cups of tea. And like sometimes there's like five people or there's sometimes there's like 10 people, still six cups of tea. And then the other four people would have to get their own cups of tea. Sex to be them. <laughs> Yeah, really, I guess uh, it's interesting because we, I guess, instead of doing six, we do three, no matter like how many people there, but these particular laying out of three, and I know three is also not a good luck number for you guys when when taking pictures, but um, three Mm -hmm. is how we lay out the the, the bowls. We have three bowls of rice on the table, um, three little tiny little cups of tea, and tiny little cups of rice wine and uh, three pairs of chopsticks next to the bowls of rice obviously because we're offering these to the deities and they can't eat their rice without chopsticks um and that's kind of how we lay it out and then obviously the incense is there um by the table as well and then the food Mm -hmm. there did you ever ask your parents why there's only three yeah I, i never really questioned these things it's just like i follow what's been done um maybe because three is a magic number i don't know but like, is this three like with just in your family, Cindy, or do you notice it in other families too? Other Chinese families. That's a good question. I think no, I do think that it is a, a Chinese. It's across Chinese families. It's just mm-hmm. a thing with threes. What other offerings do you have at the table? Oh, we have. I mean, we we do the fruit and the desserts. We basically put anything that we're gonna eat for them to offer and have them eat it. Cause mm-hmm. same, yeah, right? Yeah. We also have traditional New Year's music as well. And I, I don't necessarily seek it out on Spotify and find, find <laughs> those songs per se. But I thought you did, Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. Um, the secret. Uh, yeah, secret, my secret. My little guilty pleasure listening to New Year's songs in, in, in Chinese. But they're like, they're really catchy if you know, like from childhood at least, like there's always those same songs at least Chinese songs for New Year's, the same songs every year that, that, that you play and uh, that they play in New Year's, even in the grocery markets. And if you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I'm not going to sing it because it's going to just, you know, save you guys from screaming. Uh, but if you, you want to hear you sing, Lou? No, it's Come not going to happen. <laughs> but, uh, Is it upbeat, Cindy? Oh, yeah, they're very much like happy, catchy you know, happy-go-lucky kind of songs for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same for the Viet ones, super like upbeat, catchy. And it's all about spring. They would just be repeating spring is here. Spring is there like over and over and over again. 
And there's also mention of spring flowers, spring food. Oh yeah, and food. Um, I think the main thing that's representative of Lunar New Year for us is called and this is basically steamed glutinous rice that's filled with either ripe bananas or um, meats and mung bean and that whole thing is wrapped in banana leaves. Elf food! <laughs> it does look like elf food. Yeah. From like Lord of the Rings. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like my favorite food. I feel like I like the sweeter ripe banana one better, but that's kind of like the main symbol, um, symbolic food that we usually eat um, that symbolizes the new year. Do you enjoy it? I don't. <laughs> I, I really don't. It's not that great. Honestly, it takes hours to steam like six plus hours because it's so thick and dense. Um, yet I don't actually really like it. Here, people make it and they sell it and it is quite expensive just because it's like a symbol of Lunar New Year. Sometimes we actually have that too. Sometimes we just pop by a banh mi store and they like have those that particular glutinous rice that you're talking about. <laughs> I'm not a huge fan of it either, but I appreciate the, the labor and love that goes into making it. I think it's just the glutinous part that I don't love because then it's too much sometimes. Mm-hmm, yeah, but I do quite enjoy the ones that are more sweeter, filled with the ripe banana, um, just not the savory ones. Um, but I think there's also like candied, the, the candied fruits. Yeah, yeah that's, those? that's my least favorite, actually. It's like the dry fruit candies that are packaged uh, in these red plastic trays. You yeah. can pretty much get them anywhere in Chinatown when New Year rolls around. And it's like dried up fruits rolled in powdery sugar. And every time I see them, I'm just, I just shiver. Because like ever since I can remember, like this is the food that's always on the table whenever you visit family and friends. They would always just have it on the table and you're, you're kind of obligated to eat it because it's New Year's food. I've never felt obligated to eat it, but yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, I know exactly what you, those candies, they come in those red trays like you described and there's like stacks of them. I don't know why they make them so sweet though. Well, I'm thinking is because like after Lunar New Year, there's so much of it left over since no one actually wants to eat it. Um, that maybe the sweetness, the overly sweetness of it helps to preserve it for longer. <laughs> yeah. So you can have it like once every like three months or something. Yeah. When you have nothing else to eat. Stretch it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's something that will probably taste a lot better than like the, the candies. Uh, we have like a soup for New Year's, that, like a special New Year soup. It's basically, we call it uh, fat choy tong. The reason it's called fat choy is because like the main component of it is this I guess it's a vegetable, but it looks basically like black hair, which does not sound very appetizing, but it's actually pretty good when you mix it with everything else that goes into it. How does it like break down in your mouth? It's like a chewy, stringy texture, mm-hmm. but it's not hard. It's very soft because it's boiled in the soup. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's good. In the soup, there's also like shiitake mushroom and water chestnuts, um, and bamboo as well, uh, dried bamboo, not the ones in the cans, and uh, sometimes pig, pig feet. If oh. we are feeling a little fancy, oh. and uh, yeah, that that all those components are supposed to be like bringing good luck, and that's why that is the special New Year soup. Oh, but like, it got me thinking: is it is it called fat choy because you know Kong Hei fat choy? Yes, Happy New Year in Chinese. Is that yes, yes? There is a correlation. And that's why this soup is so lucky because you know we wish everyone fat choy like lots of good fortune. And that's why we drink the soup as well. So, yeah. Oh, it's because a homophone. It, that's right. It's a homophone. And because it sounds like that, 
it's supposed to bring good luck. So we have something like that in Vietnamese too, where like certain words will be associated with words that directly translate to good luck, happiness, all that good stuff. Same here. Like if, if that particular word like either means good luck or good fortunes, then whatever it means, if it means like an orange in a different way, very slightly different tone, and it actually translates into like a tangerine or translate into a fish or something completely different, that association is going to be there and you're going to have that at New Year's. Yes. So what do you guys like wish to each other like on New Year's? So we will um, say things like, if I were to translate it directly from Vietnamese to English, it would sound like wishing you money that flows like water. Uh, or like hoping that you will be overflowed with strong health, um, wishing you happiness year-round, many days of good luck, things like that. <laughs> Those are all things I would want to be wished. Yeah. yeah. Very similar on our end, although you, you, your translation sounds a lot smoother, but basically, or maybe because my understanding of language is a lot poorer, um, than, but basically it would be very similar in terms of, you know, wishing you uh, a long life and I wish you will get whatever you desire um, that, and obviously like good health and good fortune and good luck and happy new year. Obviously. Do you normally say it to just about anybody, Lou, or do you say it to only to people who give you the red pockets? Oh, to anybody. We say it to anybody, but especially you have to really should say it to folks who give you the red pocket. Um, yes. It's the least you can do for anyone, really. Yeah, us too. Now that like we're a little bit older and in our like mid to late 20s, it, it feels kind of strange to accept red envelopes at this particular age. And I think it's probably because like, you know, back in the days, it was definitely more common for people to be married by the time they're in their like twenties. And um, now I feel like my aunts and uncles are probably, even though they're still, you know, very kind and giving them to me, I just, it feels weird for me to accept them because I feel like obligated to just, I don't know, be an adult now and quote unquote, kind of be giving them out. But uh, on, on top of that, like, it's interesting because I don't know if you ever thought about this, but, you know, red envelopes in a way is kind of investing in the younger generations and investing in their future, like without, technically without conditions because you're just giving them money, but and they have to wish you good health and wealth and all that stuff. But other than that, there's not really any conditions versus like, like Western culture where you're like, you're given money if you have to do chores or like, but to the red envelopes are really given regardless uh, every single year and every, you know, special holidays, birthdays and stuff like that, just to give them like a jump start to... Mm-hmm. To their future and kind of investing in them and teaching them about like money. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to think about it. Um, but it makes me wonder too, like, is there an origin to the red pockets? I think, I think there is. Basically, legend has it is that there's this evil spirit called Sui and um, who comes out only on New Year's Eve. And as a child is sleeping, they would tap on the child's head three times. And what happens is when the child wakes up, they're going to wake up with the fever. And, um, and when they do recover from the fever, they actually won't even be the same again. Mm. Uh, there might be some change in like personality or something. I'm not too sure. But um, what parents noticed was that when they gave their child red coins, which are shiny, covered in like red paper, put it under the pillow, these demons or evil spirits won't come and, you know, tap their heads. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's believed that these coins, since because they're shiny, it scares off the demons away. I did not know that. Mm -hmm. It's a very good origin story. Yeah. Speaking of money, 
um, on that note. We also, for New Year's, we um, burn fake gold. It's fake in that it's basically um, folded up origami bricks of gold uh, that I have to fold maybe like, I don't know, a hundred of them. That's a lot of bricks. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem a lot because you burn it in like two minutes and they're all gone. No. <laughs> no, but like the folding process, that must take long. Yeah. I, no, I, yeah, I guess so. I think by now I'm kind of used to it and I can do it with my eyes closed kind of thing. So it's not too bad. Uh, you know, you do it only once a year anyways. And it's for your ancestors because the idea is when you burn this gold or fake money, you're supposed to be sending this and kind of giving this to our ancestors, wherever they are and the deities to, um, to bring them wealth. And like, are, are these like special paper, like the, the paper you're folding? Is it just regular paper or is it paper you have to specially buy somewhere? Yeah, I guess it's special. Like you can kind of go to like Chinatown and like go to those specialty stores that like sells incense and all the other related altar sting things. It's like very thin and there's special mm-hmm. colors on it that are for this purpose. But yeah, you just you burn it and you're sending money over to them. Almost kind of like a modern day e-transfer kind of thing oh. <laughs> going over. <laughs> putting it Lou yeah that so that's how it is but we don't burn the gold bricks which makes me like feel a little uneasy now because our ancestors are probably looking down on us and, like they are not giving us enough in like an alternate universe or something oh. <laughs> yeah oh man I know now that I'm thinking about it it's like maybe they're super poor up there and like yeah. some of these ancestors are probably like super rich yeah <laughs> Our ancestors are probably cursing us right now. <laughs> okay, I'm sure they just will, they'll be forgiving and understand that you didn't know. So then next year, this year coming up, you can e-transfer them other in other ways. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll burn some paper. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of burning though, do you guys actually know why we burn incense? Mm-mm. No. Yeah, we burn incense because it's supposed to repel the evil demons or spirits that may be lingering inside the house throughout the previous year. Oh, and, and is that why we always open the like all doors and all windows so that they can actually get out when we burn the incense? Yeah, and I guess also it, it acts like a smoke signal for the deities to know that we are worshipping them, we are celebrating them, for them to come in. Yes. But there are some superstitions that I think I would still apply and maintain. Like, for example, um, sweeping the house on New Year's Eve. I would try to sweep inwards and not outwards because I want to keep my luck inside (laughs) as opposed to pushing them away. Yeah. I I think for me, I I just, um, I eat a lot of sweets on New Year's Day because you want your entire year to be as sweet. So you're okay with eating those dry candies then? <laughs> maybe not, like maybe one or two, but I'll have like, you know, actual chocolates, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and also lots of nuts too, because if you translate, that's also with the homophone thing. If you translate nuts in Vietnamese, like there's two meanings, which is the whole means to win or to succeed. So I want to succeed throughout my entire year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, nuts is really important, guys. Eat your nuts. <laughs> Yep, eat your nuts. I mean, actual nuts. <laughs> yeah, literally, not not figuratively. No. <laughs> I mean, nuts are good though. Nuts are good on New Year's. <laughs> yeah, and all year round too. Mm-hmm. And also, I would try to avoid arguing with anybody on New Year's Eve because if you do argue with somebody or strike up an argument, it means that you will have arguments all throughout the year. I also wear red. Like I wear a red from like head to toe because red is a really lucky color. 
and I want to be lucky throughout the year. And Lou, do you wear any special colors? No, not not really, though I have also heard very similar things with if you wear red, it will bring good luck. Um, that's also why like when we have weddings, um, the bride and groom wear red. We do have other superstitions for New Year's. Uh, for example, you cannot cut your hair after New Year's because you would be essentially cutting off your good luck, you know, your oh. fat choy. Oh, right. The soup you were talking about earlier. <laughs> You're cutting what your, off your, your fat, fat choy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so don't cut your hair after New Year's. Uh, don't buy new shoes either because the what a shoe sounds like in Cantonese sounds like stress and like distress and you don't want to bring that around in New Year's. So mm. don't do that. Yeah, those are pretty much kind of like the awesome. big... Yeah. yeah, and I'm just thinking, you know, how people usually, you know, for, for us Westerners, like, you know, in here in Canada, um, when it's the New Year's, you want to cut our hair off. So like, you know, new hair, new you kind of thing. But then I guess in Chinese culture, it's, you're cutting your bad luck off. So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, did you guys um, see that campaign that uh, Aritzia just put out uh, not too long ago in terms of like they had their you know, Lunar New Year, a limited edition red clothing line? Oh, I did see that. Yeah, recently. I think it's nice. I like how they have like the whole red lines. There's like red tops and red pants. And I think it's really nice. It's pretty. I'm glad they use an Asian model. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I mean, though I can kind of, to me, it seems so that they're using like the holiday just to, you know, capitalize, make money and kind of target those Asian customers that they have. Um, and just basically buy the clothes for that reason. A lot of Western companies do that, eh? And I'm not too sure if they're doing it, they're coming at it from a good place. And I think it, it seems as if they're trying to, or at least starting to realize that, you know, there's a, in the Asian market, there's a lot of capital there that they can talk it on. That's right. That's right. So I don't, I don't know if they're exactly going about it. Some, some companies might be going about it the right way and, you know, consulting folks who actually are Asian or Chinese or Viet and actually celebrate the particular holiday so they can kind of like incorporate the meaning behind it. Um, like Majuri, for example, like they recently, I guess, used Lunar New Year as like an, another reason to kind of highlight certain pieces in their collection. And they incorporated, obviously, Asian models. And then the Asian models, they would ask, like, kind of do like a little kind of snip profile of each person and how they celebrate New Year's. Yeah, I think that's fine. If they consulted Asian people, you know, in the community, I think that's fine. But for companies, especially Western companies who don't do that, I feel like they're just being disingenuous. Like they act like they're culturally observant, but that's like the bare minimum, right? And do you honestly expect these companies to care about this holiday? So they're just using it to capitalize. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you notice like um, on Aritzia, not to like, not to say anything bad and bash them or anything like that, but they have red envelopes for this year for uh, their Lunar New Year collection. And on the envelope, they have, you know, their name on the top of the envelope in gold letters. Um, and then in the center of the envelope, they have the... 2021 just 2021 and that's it it's just like their name and then 2021 no really resemblance of anything that is for the year of the ox or anything other than a small little cow-like figure in the bottom left-hand corner it's like really really small maybe like half a centimeter small. Like it doesn't even look like an ox or 
yeah like there's no horns or anything oh on this my goodness animal. it's the year of the ox it's like at least do your research you know before you start printing these things out i don't i don't think they are obviously trying to make it very you know cultural um but it was really a branding thing that yeah that's terrible it sounds like they're subverting and trivializing the culture at best and then at worst they're appropriating and exploiting but i also feel like maybe um they made it look more like a cow because like it's cuter looking versus like if you put horns on it it won't look as cute and marketable these marketing campaigns are they're so clever I think the reason why they do it is so that they can interact with the younger generation by giving these, you know, gimmicky products a modern twist or modern energy to it. I feel like Western companies feel like they can commercialize Lunar New Year because it's like, it's not something that you can like copyright, you know, like it's kind of free to use. Like it's not, not really. Right? Yeah. Is that what you mean? It's free to use, but not really. It's not really owned by anyone. It's just a holiday that is really important to us Asians. Which is still pretty ludicrous, though, if you think about it. Mm -hmm. Like, for them to think that they have a right to do this, to commercialize Lunar New Year, they need to do better, basically. Yeah, I agree. I do think that they, and, and I get, you know, in time, baby steps, they'll get there. Um, and, and how we can probably help with that is, you know, as consumers, we have the purchasing power to be able to um, choose to buy or not to buy in these collections or campaigns or capsules or whatever, you know, they're putting out there. So I agree. Yeah. It's like when you see something Asian being represented in the marketplace, you feel like, oh, if I purchase it, I am supporting. And especially when it's like limited edition too, right? It's just, just for Lunar New Year and just for that year. Mm -hmm. makes you feel like you kind of want to get it or else you're never going to be able to get it. On the other hand, though, you like if Cha Time has their little purple envelopes, I'm also happy to support. Oh, because they've got some nice coupons and little freebies in there. So I guess it's all relative. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that for those purple envelopes, like I think that's totally different from what we were just talking about earlier with Western companies or retailers um, creating products specifically for New Year's. With this, like Cha Time is an Asian company, first of all. And I mean, even though it's a purple pocket, it's still a pocket. And the reason why it's purple is because it aligns with the company's theme color. So I think that's fine. I'm fine with that too. And their envelopes are really pretty. Yeah. Um, So I can totally see why they're trying to reach out to a particular market of lots of bubble tea drinkers who also happen to be, you know, millennials and uh, Asian. But I feel like, I I, I don't know, I I feel like they should still at least make the envelope red still, Mm. you know, because that's the original color. And if we're going back to history, the origins of it, right, where these coins were covered in the red paper, you know, the paper was red. You know, it's not purple. <laughs> I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just too picky on this and that. No, you got but a point. I, um, I think that they should still stick with the red. Mm-hmm. My own opinion, but yeah. Oh, and what about the grocery stores that have Luna New Year deals? What do you ladies think about that? Oh yeah, I'm always down for grocery store food deals. Granted, like it's also just like these grocery stores are not just um, they're not capitalizing on this holiday just because they know that Asians are gonna buy a lot of food for New Year's, <laughs> um, but because uh, they do it for a lot of other holidays, like Ramadan and Diwali, Easter, Persian New Year, Kwanzaa. So they're being very inclusive uh, all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah, agree. I 
Um, kind of wrap things up here. Now that we've gone over the kind of traditions and what we do every year, are you guys gonna do anything in terms of passing this on to the next generation? Are you gonna do anything the same? Are you gonna do anything differently? Definitely I'll pass it on to my kids and future generations. I probably wouldn't do anything different. Just I don't really want to alter this holiday. I'll just keep it the same. I'll, I'll tell stories to my kids about the origins, about the origins of the Red Pockets or um, the origins behind the Lion Dance, something like that. That's true. I feel like our parents just sort of threw these traditions at us, expecting that we understand why it's being done, yet never explaining to us the story behind it and why we're doing it. I mean, the, the reason why we're doing it is because you have to do it and it's good luck. And if you don't do it, then you will suffer for the entire year. But like, I wish that they would have told us the histories behind it more. Yeah, that's a good idea. I think I'll probably do the same now that we understand for the most part, and I'm sure there's still lots to learn that we're probably not sure of, but uh, knowing the origins or why we do certain things and how they came to be is, is good to pass that on to the next generation so that they can uh, carry these traditions on, especially here in Canada. And I think it's fun too, when you tell your kids the superstitions, they'll be so confused. It's true. They'll be so confused and they'll be like, what? Why do you have to do it? Just do it. Just do it. Gosh, man. Your ancestors are frowning down on you. Yeah, also remember to burn those blocks, papers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because one day we'll be the ancestors up there and we'll need some money. We'll need our, you know, our descendants to, um, he transfer us some of this, uh, those gold bricks. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's it for this episode. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you're celebrating Lunar New Year, we want to wish you a happy new year. We wish you a year filled with fortune, health, and happiness. Time to lock up the diary till the next century. XOXO. Damn podcast. <laughs>